you just don't take massive action for one day. It's being able to do it consistently every day because eventually that's what's going to yield the results. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents in our industry hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That's the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Pat Hyman, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. I am so pumped for today's interview. I can already tell from our pre-interviews and the conversation that I got to have with these two already that we are going to have so much fun today. So this is our first couple that we've had on and interviewed together since I've been a host. Now they came on, we reached out to them because they were part of Realtors 30 Under 30, but as a two-person duo. So today we get to talk to Adedoyan and Amanda Adedapo. Now that is a tongue twister. So Adedoyan says, I can call him AD today, right? <laughs> so AD and Amanda, we have quite a lot of different stories to talk about. And, the, and how are you guys? We're great. We're doing good. Thank you for having us. That was a really awesome intro. <laughs> uh, like the fact that I pronounced your name right, it was like I felt like no matter what happens now, I already aced the interview. Yes. <laughs> I got your name right under pressure. So the so where are you guys? Where are you guys from? Where are you guys doing business? So we're actually licensed in uh, Maryland, D.C. and Virginia. It's called the DMV, not li like literally like a car, like DMV, like where you go yeah. get your like license change. It's called the DMV. So most people who practice in Maryland usually are trying to license between those three places because it sits inside of the Beltway. So Maryland, D.C., Virginia, DMV. Yeah, you know, the I'm, I'm learning that, right? So the, I'm not too familiar with that, but we've had a few people interviewed over the last probably five or six months that are big agents and big offices out there. And so the, yeah, now, one of the last guys I talked to out there said, you know, kind of during the, during the crash, right? So like 2009, 2010, they didn't really see a crash out there because, you know, government, whether, who's, whether, whether or not who's in office, there's going to be people out there. There's going to be real estate. There's going to be a need. When the world is like kind of falling apart, real estate just stays steady out there. Now you guys haven't been in real estate all that long, but the but what have you seen the same thing? So like during this pandemic, have you felt like real estate gets stronger and stronger, or you felt like it slows down? Well, oh okay. Yeah, <laughs> so I would say for us, we've seen actually an increase in our area. Yes. Um, and you know, like you said, we have multiple factors, right? We have the federal government here. We have a lot of big companies uh, migrating over here, such as Amazon. Um, so we've seen actually an increase yes. um, in demand and also prices yes. uh, in the last couple of months, actually. Yeah, the average, actually, honestly, the average um, offer, like, well, I think we write on average every weekend about five to six offers. Mm -hmm. on a I think this weekend we broke three um, between both of us um, this weekend. And um, most offers are usually 10, maxing out at about $35,000 above list around here. Mm -hmm. You know, we are seeing a kind of a strong market in most places right now. And mm -hmm. the, it's kind of that lack of inventory is still there. Yes. We're just now starting to see like maybe some fallout with some, you know, employment numbers and things like that. They just, at the time we're recording this, they just kind of extended some unemployment benefits, but a little bit less. But I listed a house for sale, an investment of mine this week. And I originally was going to list it for 120,000. I was like, you know what? I think the market's strong. I'll list it for 140. And I got five offers at the opening day for like over asking. Right. So I thought I'd sell this thing for 120 and I'm going to sell it for 150. And it's just a, and it's just an average rental investment property. So it's, it definitely is a, a strange market, very unique. I've only seen a couple of markets like this since I've been doing real estate and we will see what happens. So pre COVID, what, how many transactions did you guys do last year? Sure. So last year we did 18.5 million, 72 units. So 18.5 million, 72 units. 18.5 million, 72 units. How much have you done so far this year? So this year we're on track again to doing the same numbers. So we've closed 38 transactions uh, and we're on pace to doing the same 72. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So before we get into how you guys kind of got into real estate, where do you guys get most of your business now? 
Wow. So pre-COVID, it was a lot of in-person events because we have a major focus on first responders and including teachers. So we used to do a lot of like setup for those types of events. So since um, post-COVID, we had to not, we can't do those in-person, in-person events. So what we had to do, we started out with just text campaigns with loving on our database, but then also we did a lot of online events and uh, a lot of those uh, online buyers, consultations, online buyers, classes via social media ads, Facebook ads, Instagram ads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, so uh, first time buyers said, Oh yeah, absolutely. So the, a big part of our business honestly is the first time home buyer because of our age. A lot of times when you're working in real estate, you're working with people who know you, love you and like you. Right. And we happen to be under 30. Well, I have to be still qualified for, for the, the award. <laughs> No, he just turned 30 like days ago. So like, yeah, so um, so um, so a lot of our friends are getting into that space where they're establishing families, getting married for the first time, those types of things. So a lot of them are really raising their hands and saying, hey, I really want to embark upon this first time homebuyer thing. And then another big funnel of ours is we actually um, do a large uh, bit, bit of business with teachers next door. So, and Good Neighbor Next Door. And uh, it's, it's like a whole next door program. And we are the direct connect it when they found out we had this initiative for first responders they were just like yeah let's do it and so we control the majority of the territory for um the dmv yeah. so t- so tell me about that so next door is like a i think that's a website where people can ask questions about neighborhoods or is it a or is it a program is it something totally different mm-hmm. yeah so we work with um so first responders so we uh so teachers next door is pretty much like an organization that connects first responders in different areas. Is that, every, is that everywhere in the U.S., you think, or is it just it's, in the It's national. Okay. It's, na- it's national, so, so it's a nonprofit. So essentially what it does is it provides incentives for first responders. Um, there's good neighbor next door. There's teacher next door. There's nurse, I believe, next door. Because the people who always come through that funnel, if they're all – medical police officers firefighters emts and a good amount of them are teachers yes rockstar nation this is aaron muchastegi hey i hate to interrupt the current podcast that you're listening to but i am so excited to share this with you i just finished interviewing the original host of this podcast my good friend pat hyben yeah, I got to talk to Pat about how he started his real estate career and a whole bunch of tips and tactics that he used to be successful. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go check out State of the Market number 49. On there, I get to talk to Pat about all those different things. You know, and in there too, he talked a lot about his six steps for seven figures book and training program that he built over the last couple of years. And I realized I haven't done a good enough job of reminding all of you lately about all of the resources that we built for you out there. So if you want to check out Pat's course, we've got like a three-minute summary video when you go to it. It includes so many easy-to-follow tips that you can follow on it, like a day-to-day basis. You can email reminders, all sorts of different things that come with that course. If you find that, you go to rebusuniversity.com, R-E-B-U-S, rebusuniversity.com. Look at courses. You can find the Six Steps for Seven Figures book. And really, there's a whole bunch of other courses in there, too. Our normal prices used to be $1,500 or $2,000 a course. These are real deal professional courses. But now, uh, during quarantine, a lot of them are priced down to like $90, bucks, 95 bucks. So we've slashed the prices because we know right now is a time for everybody to be focusing on growth and education, especially while they're feeling like they don't have as much to do. And if you go in there and you figure, like, like there's a lot of different courses you want, Maybe you don't want to buy the a la carte. You can go to futureofrealestatetraining.com and you can get access to all of our different courses for 97 bucks a month. I think there's a discount on there if you go a year or there's even like a lifetime option that you can pay. You get access to every course we've ever put on Rebus University for as long as we have it. So go check out those options, Rebus University or futureofrealestatetraining.com. All right, back to your podcast. Sorry for the interruption. So if somebody's a new agent in a in a new city and they're like, hey, I want to do this, I want to go start, you know, targeting first responders and helping them get in houses, and they want to try to, you know, work with some companies like Nextdoor, what advice would you give them? What steps would they try to take to go try to do that where they live? Oh, well, you should talk about how moving it. So yeah, so um, so well, one one way if you're first just getting started, one thing is to connect with your local school boards. So um, pick up the phone. And the really cool thing about the connecting with teachers is that a lot of times these teachers are actually moving from out of state. 
A lot of teachers are the wives of military. A lot of times they get the profession as a teacher because it's somewhat, it's a job that they can get in any state. That's the same thing with nurses as well. So what they'll do is when you get, when you around, mm, I want to say around June, you can pick up the phone, you can call the school board and you can say, Hey, do you guys have any like new teachers that are moving to the area? And Hey, can I come and do like a lunch and learn? Um, well, this is of course in an in-person world, um, but in a, in, a, in a COVID world, you can pick up the phone and say, hey, can I do a quick like Zoom call with your new teachers um, and let them know about the programs that are coming to this area to support them in their, in their home ownership goals. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of 10, most school boards love the fact that you're contributing because teachers love free stuff. So they love the idea that you're like, wow, you're coming to contribute to our school like this? Absolutely. So they bring us in. When we were doing it in person, we would bring pizza and cookies and water, like Costco stuff, honestly. We'd bring cookies, pizza, and water. We would sit down and talk. We would honestly bring like 13 leads, like people who just, you know, they may not be ready to go right now, but they raised their hand and said, yes, I'm in an apartment. Yes, I just got to the area, and I, and I, I definitely want to buy something in the next six months to a year. And you're going to be their point of contact. Or yes, I'm upgrading or downgrading. Oh my gosh, I, we've gotten listings from it too. Yeah. Oh, oh, and then when you get to the, how you get to next door is by doing a certain amount of volume too. I, there's a qualifier too. Yeah, I have to. You don't have the top of your head. Okay, it's like there's a certain qualifier too. I think it's like five million or six million once you in volume and a certain amount of sales, and then you of course you interview and then you get into the program. Yeah, you know, one of the last few times that I that I actually interviewed Pat Hyben on here, he talked about targeting you know, first responders and teachers and things like that too. And then that was a big part of the way that he started his business. And he said that it's really like a snowball because once you get to have one teacher as a client, then he got to go to the rest of the teachers and say, Hey, did you know that I sold a house for so-and-so like, Oh, so somebody says, Oh, I'm a police officer. He goes, Oh, do you know this person over at that yeah. one? I sold his house or, or a fire department. So be, it, it, it gets started. It starts to snowball into this big business to go like, hey, you can like, no, I specialize in first responders. I did this person's, I did this person. You only have to have one or two of those yes. to become your story that you specialize in first responders and then you get to take care of everything. And yeah, then, we, we actually did, um, we partnered with Disney and Marvel Entertainment. This is again, pre-COVID, but this is last summer. We did, we, we partnered with them um, because the final Avengers movie was coming out. And those are the superheroes in yeah. the Marvel universe. So what they did, um, we Disney sponsored it, Marvel sponsored it. It was actually in our 30 under 30 film too. We had 413 or 417 first responders, EMTs, firefighters, police officers. We brought the county out. We also gave, um, I think it was like $1,000. Um, we gave a big old check to a deserving nurse. Um, but it was our first responders movie night. It was our summer event because we do something for first responders every, every, every summer. So when we were, you know, we brought all those schools that we have been working with throughout the school year. We did this one big free event them and felt packed i mean it was over so we had a line around this around the theater it was it was such a big deal so yeah that's, that's super cool so if somebody yeah. so that's something that you know that when the world starts to open up i saw in the news today amc theaters is trying to figure out how they're going to do their new rollout how they're going to start opening again nationwide and i didn't see the details but they are now you know looking at saying hey we do want to open up theaters again so you guys would like hold a movie night and you'd reach out to a bunch of people and say, hey, it's, it's free because you're a first response, responder. Just come on out. Yeah, and the, that's literally it. And let's be friends. Did you, <laughs> how did you reach out? How did, Dis, did Disney and Marvel find you? Did you guys find them? No, Amanda is resourceful. <laughs> so the funny thing is Marvel's phone number is actually on Google. <laughs> so lie to you not. So what I did. I, you know, because where do you start with something like that? Like, that's such a huge undertaking. Because not only that, I also was able to preview Frozen 2, their trailer, in our movie. It had not circulated yet. And we were able to preview, because you get, when you, when you do massive movie nights like that, and it has, like, an, an amazing initiative, they'll give you stuff. Disney is so supportive in that regard. And they own Marvel, of course, right? So I called the 1-800 number. And the secretary at Marvel Studios in New York picked up. I was like, oh. Hi. Somebody answered the phone. You looked up Marvel on Google. Somebody answered the yes. phone, and you're like, I "No, lie. I was ready to leave a message." Exactly. I was. I was expecting to get nowhere, honestly. But <laughs> so I told her what we were trying to do. 
And she told me that that's actually in their sponsorship department. So, and also licensing, because you're licensing the right to use Marvel Avengers and get access to the trailers for social media and advertising and all that stuff. So she told me the email and the phone number. I called the phone number, of course, no one picked up. I sent a really compelling email saying, hey, my name is Amanda from the Doppel Group. I own a real estate team. I'm actually wanting to host this really awesome movie night for the real heroes. And we're going to call it the real heroes Avengers movie night. That's what we called it. And it's on Eventbrite. You can still search it to this day. So it's like, there. and of course the guy got back to me and he was just like, give me 48 hours and we run it past my like superiors. But I think this is awesome. I think this is a great idea. So long story short, he had to tell me what theater I wanted to host it in. We wanted to host it in our community in Prince George's County because um, Prince George's County is going through a transition. We're having, a, we have a $500 million project. So, and there's a massive AMC theater that's going to still be a part of that $500 million project. So it was a good opportunity to get people from all over the community to see this huge excavation, like the frame of this huge excavation as they're parking, right? So, um, so once I partnered with that theater and they were like, okay, who's, what movie were you looking for? What trailer package do you want? That whole nine yards. It, it honestly just became very simple. It was just about coordination at that point, but it, it was the movement. That's what they got behind because it is a superhero movie and we were supporting real superheroes and it, it worked, it worked yeah, out. I tell you what, so the, for listeners, I hope one of the things that you guys get out of there, one of the biggest things you guys can get out of that is, so we have these broad ideas right like that's a grand idea like hey wouldn't it be cool if marvel helped us do this and most people go yeah that would be cool but let's just do our regular movie night and the most people would go would not look up the number or wouldn't call or wouldn't pursue it and so what i hope you guys all all you listeners think about right now is as you're right now there's a lot of big ideas happening there is you know covid and quarantine has really changed everything it's made a lot of the world kind of go a lot faster than it was supposed to, like some, some changes, like the amount of people that know how to use Zoom now is just through the roof. Uh, so, some, so some technology stuff has grown in a year, what would usually take 10 years, and other stuff has fallen back. So as you come up with these ideas, you're gonna have, there's going to be some innovative ideas right now from people saying, hey, instead of doing this in person, we're going to do it on Zoom. Instead of doing it this way, we're going to do it that way. But don't be afraid to pick up the phone and try to just call somebody, like cold calling Marvel and closing that deal. All you agents out there, we're telling you to cold call buyers and sellers all the time, right? You're cold calling people all the time. So it's that same skill set that you have. But the, uh, but man, there's, I think there's a lot that people can learn from that. So what a, what a fun story. Hey, real estate rockstars listeners. I am sorry to interrupt again, but I want to do a quick commercial break, but this commercial break is different. This is stuff that I think you need. And this is me talking to you about some of the stuff that we had. So, you know, recently we had a lot of people reach out to us and say, Hey, why don't you do a real estate mastermind? Why don't you do something where a lot of the listeners can get together and do some zoom calls and ask each other questions and really just try to brainstorm and work together. I mean, there's a million masterminds out there. I don't know if this is something that we really want to do or not, or if we do, if we're going to limit it to maybe 20 or 30 people, we're just trying to figure out if any of you guys are interested. So if you have any interest at all in joining a mastermind with real estate agents around the country that are part of the real estate rock stars network, go to hybendigital.com forward slash mastermind and just join the wait list. It's just a really a formal, it's just an interest list for us to see, is this something we want to be doing? So that's, that's number one. Number two, you go to hybendigital.com forward slash foreclosures. We have a two day thing that we just finished recording. Now it's also inside Rebus University. And so you go to Rebus University and look at it. If you're already a member of Rebus, I mean, a lot of you guys are in the, you know, the monthly fee where you get access to everything. So we have a new course in there, 17 hours of content on how to buy foreclosures, on how to find deals, on how to you know do title, you know go to auction, also turn that into clients for your real estate agents, how you can turn somebody that's in default behind on their mortgages into a client. So go you know, check out that course, especially for, you know, you can, you can buy the course now, but again, most of you guys already subscribed to all that. I just wanted you to know there's another 17 hours of content. Great, great content that I just recorded on there uh, that all of you guys have access to now at Rebus University. And then finally, we have software that we talk about on and off. It's called PadHawk. And in PadHawk, you can use that to go find leads. What, you know, everyone is really, really busy right now. And we're so, so busy. People are selling and they're saying there isn't enough product on the market, right? So they're, they're, they can't find houses. Well, PadHawk will help you find houses before they're listed. It helps you find owners that should be listing their properties 
or people that might want to get there. I recorded a quick video. It's like six or seven minutes long for you guys to look at, real estate agent specific, on what how you can use the software in order to do it. So let's go to hybendigital.com forward slash leads. Again, there's a video in there. I talk about how you can use the software to do it. Check it out. If it's something that you like, you may want to sign up for it. 99 bucks a month, but nationwide, any city out there, and it is a great way to find houses. So right now, people are saying there's lots of buyers, but we can't find enough houses. Well, maybe you can use this software. You'll find something that hasn't listed yet and make them an offer on their house. All right, back to your regularly scheduled program. Thank you for letting me interrupt you with that break. So, AD, let's, let's change gears a little bit. Let's tell us about... So what year did you get into real estate? And I want to hear about your first deal that you did. Sure. So I got into real estate in February, 2016. And I didn't close my first until actually August. And it was a $22,000 property in Baltimore City. And uh, that's not the commission. That was the sales price of the home. Sales (laughs) price, $22,000. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's funny. um, So the day of the walkthrough, actually... I didn't realize who Pat Hyman was, but I was doing, doing my walkthrough and I noticed that there were a couple of gentlemen inside the house. And because I was so brand new, you know, I'm asking the gentlemen, are they supposed to be there? And they told me, yes, of course. Um, so they told me they were going to go. So I asked them, I said, hey, do you know Pat? I didn't know who Pat was. This was my first transaction. They realized Pat was probably, you know, not in the business then, right? So I said, hey, um, do you know Pat? They said, yeah, let, you know, stay right here. Let me go get Pat for you. So I said, okay, I'll be here. Waited for about 15, 20 minutes, realized they weren't coming back, realized that they were squatters. <laughs> so I went inside the house myself. You know, they tell us in real estate school, get there before your client. So I noticed as we were doing a walkthrough that, you know, all the pipes never out, the copper was done, and, and the client brought this up to my attention. And I said, yeah, it looks a little bit worse than when we saw it 30 days ago, but, you know, I think it's still in great shape. So he said, okay, and we went to closing. This is really where it gets interesting. So at closing, he actually brings it up to the attorney um, that, you know, the house was um, a lot uh, more damaged when we initially, than when we first saw it. Um, and the attorney looked at me and said, you know, talk to your agent. And it took me aback. I said, oh, my gosh, I'm the agent. I <laughs> You're like, he looks at you and you look over to the wall like, wait. I did. <laughs> I did. So I said, give me one second. So, um, so I went outside. I called. Uh, just a couple of people, you know, mentors, coaches. Um, so nobody picked up. My coach called me back. And he told me, he said, uh, it's 4.30 p.m. on a Friday. It's the last day of the month. There's a foreclosure. It's as is. You need to tell your client that the bank is not doing anything. That's how it is. I said, you want me to say it like that? I said, yeah. <laughs> just like that. Are you sure? I said, okay. <laughs> Very nervous. So I go back in. I told him, I said, my coach told me to tell you that it's 4.30 p.m. on a Friday. It's as is. The banks are not making any repairs. And this is what it is. And then he said, okay. And then we closed on my first transaction. And I officially became a real estate agent seven months later. Officially, and what year was that? 2016. 2016, that was, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, so, the, so, so it was an REO. And um, so you show up and, um, and there's two guys hanging out in the house. And, yeah. and they're like, yeah, we're supposed to be here. So yeah, so squatters. That's a big thing that, I mean, doesn't happen as often anymore. But, yeah. the, but it happens. It happens on our houses at different times. The... Uh, I had one recently that we went to change the locks on a vacant house. And I saw through the window, there was like a giant fire inside and they had like built a campfire inside the house to keep it warm. Yeah. I was lucky I showed up where I did because the squatters, and we had a house get burnt down, a new construction house get burnt down from squatters that were inside just trying to keep warm at night and accidentally set the house on fire. So so there's two squatters in the house. You're like, you're new in real estate. So you're like, maybe this is the sellers. Maybe these guys work for Pat, maybe something. They're like, yeah, cool, no problem. And then you realize it. And so you get to go to the signing table. And that really is a, a, a lesson about REOs, especially $22,000 REOs and, <laughs> and back then. Because, yeah, the, uh, we buy a lot of REOs. And there are times when we go back to check it again, like the day before closing, just to make sure that it isn't totally trashed or burnt down or gutted. Because sometimes that happens, right? You do get an escrow on an REO. You come back a week later and somebody now went and took the cabinets or something like that. So it is good to check it. But yes, then there's other things of, of the, at the last day. They're like, no, you can say no and put it back on the market and the bank can start over or we can get this house. And so a lot of lessons there. But what I thought, I thought was really funny and really neat with that was just the fact that Pat Hyben was the listing agent <laughs> your very first deal. So had you listened to real estate rock stars before? 
you uh, had you listened to Pat on a on a podcast before you had done your first deal? No, I had no idea who Pat was. I didn't realize he was a mega agent in Keller Williams. I was just trying to make my first deal. And I just happened <laughs> to know he was the listing agent. And he, he, he wasn't even working it. It was somebody from his team. I just knew it was the Pat Hybrid group. So, yeah. yeah. So, the, so who was and how did you get that first client? So it actually came from uh, my little sister's friend's brother. I know it's kind of you know, a tongue twister there. Um, but he wanted to get in real estate and he wanted to get his first investment. Um, and I told him that I was the man for the job and uh, he was going to buy it cash. And we went around Baltimore City and he finally picked a house. And 30 days later, uh, it's so hilarious because I was working a, another job at that time. I actually had to take off work from my full time job to write that contract. And I still got it wrong. <laughs> it took me eight hours and I still got it wrong. <laughs> Those contracts are hard when you first get started, but the, yeah, they are. Oh my doing it as a side job, the, uh, you know, very cool as it got there, but also, so you got your first client. It was, it was a kind of a friends and family type thing. Yeah. Just from really letting them know that you're, you're a real estate agent now. We tell people all the time. I mean, that's the biggest thing that people are saying about social media and everything else. Make sure everybody that you've ever met knows you're a real estate agent. I, I used to assume that everybody already knows a real estate agent. Everybody already has a real estate agent. And what we get to find out is some people do and some people don't and some people see all sorts of them but they're trying to see who's hungry right yeah they want to know, you know if, if they might know 10 real estate agents but the one that's posting every day about being a real estate agent is going to be the one that they call to be yeah. their real estate agent and so I, I i love it that that was the first one so uh and remind me what year was that, that so that was 2016 August. 2016 mm -hmm. when did you start listening to the real estate rockstars podcast so just to kind of walk you through so 16 i did three units really excited 17 was like 18 units and 17 was a big year so i proposed to my wife now amanda we bought our first house and i was thinking about leaving my job so like i started my um mba program in real estate around the same time in 2016 and i knew at the end of the two-year journey i was going to make a decision so come um you know 2017 I had a pretty good year like 5 million 20 units 18 18 20 units um, so then i started listening to um, the podcast when I was going to leave the job, right? At the beginning of 18, like December. So, you still, so real estate was a side job at the time. So exactly. You, were, you had your normal job and you had real estate. Mm -hmm. and you got to start listening to the podcast. Yeah. So I wanted to get myself every motivation and encouragement I could since I was about to leave the job. Wow. And, you know, just get my mentality ready, right? Because that's, that's important. Because that's half the battle. Because if you believe yeah. you can, you can. So um, People can make money in real estate as a side job. They will make more money in real estate as a full-time job. The, uh, you know, it does say, especially if you have to take off your normal job just to go write a contract or show houses. So Amanda, so 2017, you yes. marry AD. Uh -huh. What job were you doing at the time? I was working, uh, say it again. We got married in 2018. Yeah, I forget because we've been together forever. Yeah, like, eight years. Like eight years. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're college sweethearts, if that sort of in a weird way. Not really college, but around college. But <laughs> yeah, so, so I was working in a physical therapy office as a physical trainer. So they had actually, like, I really love the idea of this therapist because they, they did the medical stuff, but they also did the exercise stuff too and the, and the nutrition behind it at all. So I was uh, working out a patient who had um, just gotten a new hip and knee replacement. I had to put her into a 90 degree angle um and because proper form right uh and put her on the leg press and i had to get her exercising um a lot of the a lot of the other trainers and therapists didn't want to work with her just because she just had a really negative way about her i guess she was just really unhappy in her size and her body and things like that she was she was upwards of like 300 so she, so i can understand a number of things have happened um so i just wanted to be her friend i was like well, you know what i'll work her out no big deal so um, put her on the leg press. Meanwhile, outside of that, AD is like real estate rock star right now. Like he's like showing these checks, you know, he's just like, yeah, man, that's another deal, 8,000. You know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. You're that's going what to you're this in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, so, so, this, so I had to put her into a 90 degree angle, but the back of the leg press is actually facing a wall. So I'm small. I'm about a you know buck fifty during COVID. Outside of COVID, like one forty. So I'm size. So <laughs> I'm 
<laughs> Look. Everyone needs to identify their pre-COVID life to their yes. COVID life. Yes, I do, so because they, I've been eating so many carbs. <laughs> How many carbs they eat everything? Yes. Thank you. So I so I slid myself in between the wall and the back of this leg press. So like Spider-Man. So my feet are against the back of her leg press and my back is against the wall to get her into this 90 degree angle because she doesn't have the strength to do it herself. So I push into the back of my feet, you know, using the balls of my feet because you never want to use your hips. I'm going so into calisthenics right now. But, <laughs> but I'm pushing into the back of the leg press and when I push, I go, into, I go inside the drywall. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you're you're at your job. The uh, you know your husband's killing it in real estate. You are loving physical therapy, but then you have a moment where all of a sudden you're you push yourself and you fall through drywall at work. And the and what did what did your bosses say? <laughs> so uh, usually usually my hair I have a I have a curly afro or like or straightened with like uh, you know extensions or something like that. But at that time it was like really big and curly. So um, so imagine and I know to my, to my understanding I didn't know that drywall was like powdery. So I'm covered in powder like in my hair, just like Pillsbury Doughboy levels. Like I look like I got in a fight with flour. So I'm covered in powder and I come out like limp out the thing the, the customer's just like are you okay like like trying to turn her head around because she can't she doesn't not have that much mobility and my other co-workers like you know because you hear a whole body go to drywall oh my god so my co-workers are like are, yo like is she all right i'm like i'm fine but you immediately you know i'm sorry i'm sensitive i immediately just start crying like i'm okay yeah <laughs> so my boss my boss lets me go immediately he's like go home you're let's just go home like get some rest. And so instead of going home to like, cause I wasn't living with AD. So I went to my mom, I was living with my mom. So instead of going to mom's house, so my mom can remind me that I wasn't using my great degree. She's like, this is why you should be using a digital media degree. You got a degree in advertising. Why are you not using it? <laughs> you should be in a marketing firm. So, no. So instead of hearing that, I went up to my boyfriend because I wanted to be comforted. I was on the phone with him telling him what happened. He's like, maybe just come on over. And I was like, can I just stay here for the night? He's like, yeah, whatever. And I took a shower, put a shirt on. And I was just like, I'm just going to get some rest. I'm like, I'm being at 6 a.m. with all these clients and things like that. And he's just like all like super like Batman levels, like, you know, black Batman, of course, you know, just like, <laughs> he's just like, babe, you know, it's like it's all deep, babe, you're not going back to work. You're going to do real estate. <laughs> he's like, you have an advertising degree. I'm like, oh, God, he's telling my mom. Yeah, he brought up the digital. He's like, let me call my mom really quick. Exactly. He's like, you're so good at advertising. You're so good with people. He's like, yeah, you're, you know what? I'm going to write the letter for you right now. I'm like, and I'm crying as I'm typing my resignation letter. Like, yeah, so I'm I help her type it up. I had to show her the numbers. I said, hey, this is what we would make for a transaction. This is what you make at your job. And I, and I understood where she was coming from because we were getting married two months, right? This was in 18. This all happened, I think, in like February or March. And we were she getting married together yet. A couple months before you were getting married. Yeah. You have, have this moment. So then you help her type up her resignation letter where she's mm -hmm. going to say, I'm not going to do physical therapy anymore. I'm going to go use my digital marketing degree. Yeah. <laughs> you do not want me to. And exactly. So how quick was it? Did you jump right into like going to get your, your license right out? You start studying no. slavery tests? No. Oh my God. Well, oh yeah. Well, okay. Yes. Absolutely. That stuff. Yes. So immediately started studying for my test. And what, help me with the timeline. She got her license like in April, like a month before we got married. Actually, yeah. So it took me like what? Three, like it took like maybe like a month. To get yeah. Married. It was really, I, I but that's because I was, that was all I was doing. I was God like, bless I'm real estate, though, because I mean, really, like, whoever's out there listening, if you don't have a license yet, you can get a license just about anywhere in a month or two. Yes, like, you, you can. can do it. So the, a month later, you've got your license. Yes, exactly. I, I did fail my test once. It took me twice, two times to pass the test. Um, but that was all I was doing. I was jamming, literally studying everything that had to do with, like, real estate because this was a brand new industry. So then from there, we had the wedding. We are two different cultures <laughs> so he but he has a he's nigerian so nigerian weddings are huge and expensive we wanted something small they wanted something big we met in the middle at 200 people yes 
that's small in Nigerian weddings. So, so, so we, so broke, so broke. Like after, after the honeymoon and everything, we ran up the credit cards, the whole nine yards, and then. So yeah, so like I'm a planner. So I, what I, what I didn't realize that weddings actually cost money because I was one of the first in my friend groups to get married. So for everybody out there, don't laugh at me. I was budgeting $10 per hair for food. And I, I don't know why, where I got like that 100, from. $110. Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah, so we went through all our savings. So we came back from, like, our honeymoon in June. I was in my cousin's wedding. So, like, by July. Mm, yeah, we had to go to Texas right yeah, after that. right after that. So the agreement that we made was that when we came down to, like, you know, months or two months, I would have a conversation with Amanda. And he didn't do that. You know, about me, you know, going to go get jobs, right? Because we're down to one to two months savings. So I remember this, I think it was like mid-August. Yeah, um, I finally um, sat Amanda down um, in a house. So we were three months married. Got a new wife. I told her mom I was going to take care of her. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm sorry, my first wife. <laughs> like you got it from the store. <laughs> this is my new wife. <laughs> um, and here I am telling her that we are like down to a month saving. We, I've been to plan- like, where were we? But like, we had furniture and everything in our house, yeah. but we were sitting on the floor for some reason. <laughs> like, we, like, we just had to hit a really low level. You had to make like, sure that, you, yeah, that it was a really serious conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I felt horrible because I was applying to job two weeks, right? So I wasn't really upfront with her. I was applying, right? Here I am. I have this MBA, and two weeks applying to the job, still hadn't gotten any response. Um, so I finally set her down. I said, hey, this is, you know, we have X amount in the account. This is how much we can go. And I think we may have to go get jobs again. And you, meanwhile, I just left my job eight months ago, right? And she told me to leave mine. And I told her to leave hers confidently, maybe yeah. overconfidently. Yeah. So, and, you know, we, we told all these people we're leaving their jobs, going full-time in real estate, and here we are. We broke. Um, so this was August. So uh, we full-time for ourselves. I think we had, like, maybe 30-minute, 40-minute conversation. And then I was like, all right, I've heard every story. From Keller Williams. I've listened to all the podcasts, including yours, (laughs) Mr. Pat, if you're out there listening. (laughs) And I have heard all the stories of people losing everything. I'm talking about Hurricane Katrina levels and coming back and being on uh, Gary Keller's stage. Like, I've been in, like, trainings for people, and I've seen those stories. I'm like, what's so different between them and us besides good old-fashioned work ethic and faith? So let's pick up our big boy and big girl pants and let's go to work, yeah. period. That was the conversation. It was like, we decided that we were going to do this. We decided. So and I'm, we're going to do it on a high level. And we're going to do it on a high level. We are not going to be average because yeah. I don't do anything average. Yeah. So like, let's, let's do this. So we picked up the phone that following day and we hit those calls like a telemarketer. And guess who rescued us <laughs> out of our month? <laughs> Literally who rescued us? My mom. <laughs> <laughs> so she was the, she was your first client or she was or she's like hey i'll loan you money until you sell a house my mom was my first client she did not give me money no one gave us money okay. my mom so when i told I, I picked i finally mustered up the guts and said yes mom no mom mom no i'm not doing digital media but i'm doing real estate real estate so like but and so she so after we got through the conversation of real estate but i don't realize that just like car salesman no mom i'm with this awesome company named keller williams who's keller (laughs) so we're having that conversation but then i explained to her everything that's going on but then she then she paused for a second and she's like well you know amanda i've been in this condo for like six years. It was a nice condo, two floor condo. It was like a, like a really nice, she was on the top floor and she had a loft and a fireplace and a beautiful deck. It was really nice and a really nice community too. And she was just like, you know what? She's like, I'm just tired of sharing walls. She said, can you take me to see houses? And I was like, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. I don't, I don't see why not. Like she, she's like, and she's like, you know, like maybe I should talk to a bank. Should I talk to a bank? Like, you know, like to get a mortgage and stuff. And I was just like, you know what? Let me find out if you should talk to a bank. Absolutely. So I call my mentors. Yeah. <laughs> so like, let me have that conversation for us. So she got her approved. Like I, I watched she, and then also the agreement she made with me, like before she hung up the phone, I remember this, like before she hung up, she's like, Amanda, she's like, whatever you put yourself into, you, you go hard at it. Like, like you love hard. You work hard, like you, you do everything on an excellent level to the point that I put a little bit too much pressure on myself. Like he can attest to that so much. He's like, Amanda, take it off. Like you're not Wonder Woman. Like take it off. <laughs> but like she's like, it's okay to bump your head with me. Learn with me. 
So when you get to your next customer, you'll be like super awesome. So don't feel like you have to be perfect for me, like learn with me. And so that was really awesome. So I got my head so much with my mom, but I learned negotiations. Like I, I got my mom, and this is during a time where this is not normal. Like in Prince George's County, you cannot buy a house like 5000 or $10,000 below this. But I went hard for her and I was able to negotiate the price down for her in the DMV. Yeah, right. But that was my first deal. And yeah, what a, here we are. What a gift she gave you by even giving you permission to be like honest and open. And say like, hey, it's your first deal. You don't have to be perfect. You know, I, I try to encourage people like when they're new to tell people, hey, I'm new. Hey, this is my first deal. Like I will give you a whole bunch of my effort, but I'm not going to do it perfect yet. But I promise I'm going to work harder than anybody else because this is my first deal. Right? Mm -hmm. Like and, the, and being able to communicate that. There were so many parts of that story that I love. I mean, my wife and I didn't pay off our wedding until like three or four years after we got married. You know, we had that debt forever because we had some similar things that pushed us into a, into a large wedding. And at a time I was an employee, I wasn't an entrepreneur yet. And so they had that fixed income so we could pay a certain amount toward those credit cards every month, but we weren't really going anywhere with that. So it took us a few years to do that. And so I, I love that part of your story. And I really love the, the part where, I mean, every great success story, every great anyone that you see on stage anywhere gets to say, I hit rock bottom doing this, or this is how bad it got and I brought it back. Right. And the, and you guys getting to sit in that moment and go, okay, so now we've, we have more debt. We tried all these different things. Now we have to try it. Let's come up with new goals and do it. Like we're going to, we're going to jump up and we're going to hit the phones tomorrow. And the, you know, and if you're a listener out there that through COVID hasn't jumped up yet, this can also be that moment where you realize like, Hey, other people are getting up and doing it. I've, I've talked to a lot of people lately that have been depressed for five months First, you know, they still haven't been able to snap themselves out of it. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. It just means different people are affected profoundly different through yeah. quarantine and everything else. So if you're listening and that's you and it's time to like say like, hey, I'm going to commit to this new goal. The other really cool thing that Amanda and AD talked about there and something that I've experienced is so sometimes you write down a goal. Your goal can be crazy. I want to make $5,000 this month. I want to make $10,000 this month. I want to make $100,000 this month whatever it is, and then getting into massive action right after. So, the, so, they, so they said, hey, we're going to do this. Their massive action was they got on the phone and called everybody in the world. Now, one of the funny things, if I like to say what, the way that God does it, right, yes. is you put forth the effort. So in that goal, you say, hey, I want to get my first deal. And so you call everybody out there. That first deal doesn't come from that phone call, but as a result of that effort, you know, it gets delivered. Right. So the, that happened, it happened to me recently. I had a new goal of a certain amount of money I wanted to make. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to do it the old fashioned way. And I'm going to actually reach out to some of those people myself instead of having my team do it and say, hey, I want to buy your house. And I spent like three days really digging into that, working around the clock, trying to get myself back into that. And then I had a couple big deals kind of fall in my lap that were totally unrelated. But it was that reminder of like having a goal, stepping up and putting forth massive action. And it might come from that action. It might be somebody answers that phone and gives you the listing, or it might be just the result of the world saying, hey, you've put in massive action, so now I'm going to send something your way. Can I add a gem to that? Yeah. Um, so, and also for listeners out there, just copying you, <laughs> yeah. um, that um, do, don't block off opportunities. A lot of people don't call the person that may say yes. A lot of people say, a lot of people may have in their mind, oh, it's a mom. Yeah, duh, she's going to help her. No, yeah. <laughs> my mom was the last person, like the absolute last person that I would think that would use me as a real estate agent to buy a house, a newbie. My mom's not the like, you know, she's a caring, giving, wonderful mom, but she also believes in work ethic. She raised us that way, like hardcore, you won't earn it type of thing. So, um, so it, it blew my mind. Like, don't block off, like, don't skip. Like when you're going, when you're dialing and you're like, oh, I had a bad interaction with that person. That person may have had a bad day. Call them again and bring some joy to their day. Have a conversation about something that's totally different, with, that has nothing to do with real estate, and then drive the conversation back to real estate towards the end. But like, don't don't knock don't knock off any opportunity. Don't block any opportunity because there there is someone there that's going to say yes, and they may come from the most rare person that you wouldn't expect it from. Honestly, yeah. Don't assume that there's a no. Don't block off the opportunity for it. So the, before we got, before we got onto this uh, call, we talked a little bit about traveling. So pre, pre COVID quarantine, I used to travel the world. You guys used to travel the world. 
where's the first place you're going to try to go when you're allowed to go again? You have like some stuff in mind. Like right now, my, my family, we're leaving in an RV in a week to like go do the cross country trip and we'll find places we can go and places that are closed and places that are open. But where are you guys going to go first? So we're going to go to Bora Bora. So when we met at like 22 years old, this was like one of the places we've always wanted to go to. We saw the price tag and obviously at 22. That's where we went on our honeymoon. Our, co- huh? our Costco honeymoon was Bora Bora. It put us into debt. But he said like Costco. <laughs> Costco honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. We didn't know how to travel back then. But, yeah. but sorry, go ahead, but keep going. No, but that, that's where we're going to go next. And we, we were going to actually do it this year, right? For, mm-hmm. you know, our 30th and, you know. It was our anniversary trip. Exactly. Yeah. So that's going to be the first place we're going to go. Yeah, it's the uh, Four Seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, Overwater Bungalows and Bora Bora. That is yes. the... That is the one, like, for us. We wanted to get, like, sweet, and we wanted to face the mountains. Just because when we do vacation, like, we're not the adventurous type. We're, like, the relaxation, extreme relaxation. Like, I want to melt into the sand, and my DNA becomes part of the ocean. Like, I- <laughs> you, guys, you guys will love Bora Bora. We stayed in overwater bungalows. It was our first time we'd ever left the country, gone anywhere, and you've got the fish underneath you. And there was no internet either. So you were, if you want relaxation, I mean, maybe they've come a long way since then. But back then, there was no internet. So if you wanted to be, you know, connected, you just couldn't. So there was nothing more relaxing in the world than actually going to a place where there was literally no way to stay connected while we I were. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Maybe I, I can myself that it's impossible. <laughs> there's only seven COVID cases in Tahiti. And so, the, so that's pretty darn good. And, the, and I saw that was one of the places that was going to be opening sooner than later. So I just got back from Cancun. I told you guys ahead of time that was a little bit different, but, but start checking it out. I hope the next time I chat with you guys, you're like, we booked our trip. We're on our way to Bora Bora and we're going to go live while we can, right? Like that's what are, what are some of the lessons you guys have learned through quarantine and COVID and all the craziness? So for me, I would say is just being consistent in everything, right? Whether it's in uh, professional or in your business life. So you know, if we're going back to the interview, how we talked about taking massive action, you just don't take massive action for one day. It's being able to do it consistently every day because eventually this is what, that's what's going to yield the results, not just the one time. So for me, again, it's, again, you know, working out steadily, doing my lead generation, doing my lead follow-up, still understanding that, you know, we have to get through, right? You know, we know when the end is coming, um, but for a lot of people, it's just a process, you know, because they, they don't know when it's going to be over it it's sometimes difficult, but if you just keep pushing through every day and keep doing consistently the, the actions to get the results, uh, then eventually you get the results you're looking for. Such yeah. a good point that people get so overwhelmed by not knowing. Yeah. They're so overwhelmed by the unknown. And you're like saying, hey, you can get overwhelmed by the unknown too, but just focus on your habits. Stay consistent with your habits. Yeah. Don't focus on what we don't know. How about you, Amanda? What have you learned during uh, all this? It's okay to pivot. It's okay to pivot and, and, um, and relationships matter. So they, a lot of times, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, are you concerned about doing the same amount of volume or doing more or doing all, hitting all these big goals? There's, there's so many, there's so many ways to hit those exact same, exact same goals. And the pivot part in relationship matters is sort of twofold for me because when we were making, doing those hardcore text campaigns, we were staying present with the vendors and the people that loved us the most last year and we got a massive lead from it so we have a new project in baltimore that um is stressful um and uh the bane of my existence but uh still great <laughs> but um it is a 200 unit lease um with the it's a seven-year project it's three thousand units in total but we are they're agents but we did that listing presentation we had to do it in person with masks and gloves and everything like that but we are the listing agents for or leasing agents for that project. So imagine 200 units under, running under you. But that, came, but that came just by hitting the phones, just by staying connected to my title company, by, from my title company. Like she, she picked up the phone, she's like, Amanda, do you do rentals? And me and Ada are like, no, not really. But she's so sweet and You're so like, <laughs> She's like, I so wait, but I was, I said it like, you know, like, yeah, you know, sometimes it depends on the client. She says, well, um, I have this, I have this, this vendor, um, I'm, well, I'm, excuse me, this client commercial who has these new apartments, 200 units. They just opened in March at the heat of COVID. They were supposed to kill it, home run. It was supposed to be so easy for them. 
but the building just opened, brand new building. And he said, and it's, it's desolate. It's empty in there and they need some help. So we came, we came through the doors. We had a conversation and just like doing the basics. Because a, a lot of times property managers don't have the sales mindset, the, the outreach mindset. So just like doing the basics, we were able to just start getting the momentum, start booking appointments, start getting people through the door. And now he's just like, we're like, we're like his lucky charm or something like team. that. Now we're the team. You know? so, I mean, I, you said, I, one of the things that I've learned through it is like diversification. And whether that's being a leasing agent and a, a, and a buyer's agent and a seller's agent, there are some of my businesses through COVID have crashed, ones that I would have expected not to. And there's others that I would have expected to crash that have thrived and more than made up for the others. And so one of the biggest things that I've learned through this is kind of that diversification. You know, yeah. In order to really succeed and be successful, it's kind of like, we'll say, focus on one thing, make it your niche and crush it. But, but having like some backup plans, we've learned now that you need a, everybody needs a backup plan yeah. because- who would have thought like that really successful restaurant would be going out of business or that really successful nightclub would be going out of business or, you know, there's all sorts of things that there was no way to guess like, Oh, well, if, yeah, if I would have guessed they were going to shut down the world for six, yeah. then, I would, <laughs> then I would have saw it, but nobody saw this coming. And so, yeah, having, having some of that on there. So you got my last question. So you guys are husband and wife, your team partners, like your business partners, who does what? How do you guys balance it? The, you know, is it easy to work with your spouse? Is it difficult to work with your spouse? Who's yeah, so, um, <laughs> is definitely smarter. No way. <laughs> you're def- no, you're definitely smarter. I'm more uh, the numbers person. So like I do all the tracking for our business. So uh, daily tracking, weekly tracking to our coach. And then, then the minute really hires everything that makes us look good, right? So like, you know, the market and the branding. And that was the really big benefit when she came on board. That's when we really, and I would say we took off, right? Because, um, you know, building, running a business is a team sport. So Amanda really does her part well. It took us a couple months. We're in each other's kitchen because, you know, hey, I, am, I think I, I built the business like five million. I thought I was doing okay. And Amanda's like, no, we got to change that. We got to change this, got to change that. And, you know, I felt some type of way. Um, but I had to allow her to come in and have her grow into that role, right? And actually is what has helped us on, you know, almost quadrupled our business since, since that point. So, yeah. Aww. <laughs> that is, I mean, I tell you what, from spouses working together, I think that is a big part of it is, is it's, and being able to separate like work life and family life, right? And going, hey, who's, whose part is this? Whose department is this? Just like running a business too. In business, we have to figure out, you know, when we hire, who's going to do what role and it shifts a little bit, but it's a lot more personal when it's your spouse. The, uh, Amanda, anything you would add for like advice that you would give to somebody if they're like working with their spouse or going to work with their spouse, something they should think about or something that, that the, uh, would help them? Uh, yeah. Um, take an opportunity to understand your unique gifts. And, and also, don't try to change each other. The only person that can change someone is that person. You can only change you. You can't change anyone. So, ha- so sitting there and saying, yeah, well, if I can coach them and do this and do that, if, but, if, but do they have the affinity? Do they have the motivation? Do they have the behavioral type to be able to do that? So one of the, I first came in as, before I decided to get my license, I first came in as AD's admin. I don't have admin behaviors at all. I'm a, I'm, I'm a hunter, period. I'm a ISA, maybe. Like, <laughs> you know, like, maybe, but I like to close. I just don't like to I like sales. I like the, the behavior of sales. So, but once we need to figure that out, so him trying to like make me sit at a desk, it was, it wouldn't work. So he was, he, so he had the openness to, okay, what are you good at? What do you like doing? I like talking to people. I like making friends. He's like, you need to get your license then, babe. <laughs> you need to get your license. Cause that's how you get to talk to people. That's how you get to get to know people. So, um, and that's how you get to market and sales. So, yeah. And you can even see it in a small part of our business, right? So, like, before Amanda came in, you know, I was reaching out to, you know, the first responders, right? You know, how can I get into schools? How can we get in contact with the, you know, fire chief, the police chief? And then Amanda came with this grand idea, right, with the movie. And that really took us through the map. Because now when we're talking to people, we're like, oh, yeah, you know, we're your local uh, um, first responder agency community. Yeah. You know, we gave... Um, 
uh, dictionaries. Uh, we yeah, gave money to, to yeah, nerds. that too. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's like she amplifies what I'm already doing on a, I guess, a regular level, and she makes it even better. But again, like it took us time to be able to figure that out. It took us months. Again, it goes back to the process. You see, yes. I love. I'm I'm a big delayed gratification guy. I like, learned to be that way. Yeah, I understand that I cannot be a mega agent like tomorrow, right? You know, I understand it's gonna it's gonna take a process, and that's where you really learn. It's not about the destination because whatever number you're thinking about that you think you're gonna feel great when you get there, it's it's you're just gonna move it again. Right, it could be five million. And once you get there, you're like, I want to do ten. And once you do ten, you want to do twenty. And once you do twenty, you want to do 30, where we're at, you yeah, want to do forty. Yeah. You know, and it just keeps going up. So um, let me enjoy the process and let it be, you know, be present. Be in present. It. That's why it's called a present, right? <laughs> oh, oh. I can see. Go ahead. I can see. Amanda's ready to, to change our world. Go ahead. <laughs> Love your partner. Love your partner. If they are, if it is your spouse, if it is actually your spouse, like take time to cheer them on. I noticed that a lot in, in like marital like relationship things like they, they see everything as an expectation and not a gift. Like when he does the numbers for me or when he reminds me of my appointments because I'm horrible with calendar management. I take the time to say thank you because it is not an expectation for him to do that. He's doing that because he understands that Amanda sucks at this, but also he's doing it for the business. So it is my duty to remind this man every single time he helps me that he is great, that he's a great husband, that he's a great business partner. So partners, even if it's not your spouse, take the time to vocalize to the people that make your business grow that they are awesome. Like you use your words to do it. You take the time out, even if it's an email or text, take the time to say Thank you, because nothing is an expectation. Everything is a gift. That is, that is amazing advice. I don't know how we could keep going and be able to, to top that, but, the, but you're absolutely right. There are you know, spouses. It can be a competition. It can be other things, but remembering to, remembering to just say thank you and care. And, and one of the things I really like that you said, too, is figure out your own gifts. Like usually people get married because they have complementary gifts, because one person is, has, has an outgoing personality and one has less, or one likes this personality, you know, we balance each other out. So being able to take that inside a business and saying, all right, this is your strength. We're going to have you do this. This is your strength. We're going to have you do this. And then we're going to root each other on. And instead of competing, we're going to root each other on and know where we are. That was such a fun interview, guys. I always, I mean, there's nothing I like more than getting to interview people that were previous listeners of, of the podcast. You know, you were listening to the podcast when you were you know, just getting into real estate, you were a few years in, but it wasn't your full-time job yet. And the, and when we get to call you guys and reach out and say, Hey, we'd love to have you on the podcast. There's nothing that's more exciting when they say, Oh my gosh, I've been a listener of this podcast. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for reassuring us that we're doing the right thing on here as we continue to try to add value to agents uh, new and veterans and every everywhere else out there. If somebody wants to reach out to you guys, what's the best way they can reach out to you? Sure. Um, so I'm very Instagram heavy. So Instagram handle is AD Derelator. Another way is our website and for Amanda. Really Instagram heavy. Daily poster, story poster. <laughs> uh, Amanda Hour, O-U-R. Uh, O-U-R Realtor, Amanda, our Realtor. Amanda, our Realtor, and AD. Thanks, guys, for coming on. The That was such a fun interview, and the, I should have you on here to, to do the news with me one of the days, so it should be some <laughs> exciting stuff. So thanks, guys, for coming on. Uh, thank thanks. you. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful please I need you to pull out your pointing finger yes the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe yes subscribe the more subscribers we get the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on the million dollar listing in the different cities, all that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. 
feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that, too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.